this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day you created, and we pray for the messenger who's about to give your word. We thank you that uh, as you come to uh, come to this meeting, Lord, that you actually help the messenger speak what is true about your word and what is so great about your word that we be able to receive and come to this place and, and come to you with everything that we have. Lord, we just thank you for everything you've done, Jesus. Um, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Simple. Praise God. So if all of you guys can take the opportunity to search the internet, and let's make wine. So if you guys can find the ingredients of wine, and then we're going to discuss it. Hi, this is Regina. I'm driving, so I won't be able to do that. I am also driving. That's okay. The non-drivers can do it, and you guys can listen. Did somebody find it? What does your wine look like that you were able to search out? Anyone want to share? The steps on how to make wine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it says, um, harvest the red wine grapes, prepare the grapes for fermentation. Yeast starts the wine fermentation, alcoholic fermentation. Then you press the wine, uh, malolactic fermentation, AKA second fermentation, aging the wine. And then it says to blend the wine. Okay, anybody else? What stood out to you when you looked at it? Um, what stood out to me the most was, uh, I guess the second fermentation. I'm like, I don't even know that <laughs> goes through that process. So that, I guess that stood out to me. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Anybody else? Marcy, chill out. Did anybody else found it? So I found something and it says uh, how to make red wine. You got to get harvested red wine grapes. Uh, and then you have to prepare them for the fermentation. 
then you add yeast to the wine fermentation. So as you let the grapes ferment, the alcoholic ferm- uh, for, which makes alcoholic fermentation, and then you have to press the wine. So for me, that's pretty interesting because the ingredients that you need, which are grapes, um, water, and then you have to let it sit, and then pressing it, you have to press the grape juice as it's fermented, and then after that, then it still gets fermented again within that bottle. Um, but it's, for me, the thing that stands out the most is the ingredients and the steps. Um, from because you have to let it ferment once and and it looks like a wooden barrel, and then the second part, which is in the wine bottle. So those steps are different from what I heard earlier. Anyone else? I'm sorry, I had problems. Um, I kept getting kicked out of the call. Are we still just talking about how wine is made? Of course. Okay. Anyone else? You guys have to be able to find it. Anyone else? Um, I'm also reading in a lot of what was already said. I'm not going to repeat. But for me, what stood out and what stands out is um, the description of how weather affects how the process of wine is made. So before the grapes are even selected, um, just in general, the area and the weather or the climate of the grapes in the process of how the wine is made, whether it's raining or if it's a sunny time, it's a special specific um, timing of selecting those grapes based on the weather and the climate. And so what I was able to find, you guys, it says step one, cleaning, cleaning. Step two, Preparing the fruit and it, to prepare the fruit, you have to begin to move the stems. Then the second thing it says, determining the sugar content. And then the next one, step four was sterilizing the fruit. Okay, step five was adding the nutrients. Step six, was uh, applying the yeast 
step seven was extracting the color of the wine. And the last one was really uh, the fruit that the wine itself. And so the Lord was talking to me about the wine. And he was talking to me about the process in the wine is the same process in our lives. The first step was to cleanse, the cleaning. And each one of us, when we first came to Christ, he began a cleaning process in us. Do you guys see that? Yay, nay. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, yeah, that's right. I can agree to that. And so as he began to bring that to my attention, I was like, oh, wow. A lot of times we're in that position and we just like, Lord, we want to work. We want to do more for you. We want to do the uh, things of the kingdom. But some of us have a longer cleaning process than others. He told me to say that again. Some of us have a longer cleaning process to where, you know, uh, we may have to go through a longer place to where we're being cleansed. Uh, you wash it the first time, it just doesn't come clean. Sometimes you have to scrub it. Sometimes you have to wash it many times and before it becomes fully cleansed. Then he began to talk to me about preparing the fruit. What does that look like, you guys? Does that look like um, taking out some of the bad fruit or the rotten fruit and separating it from the good fruit? Yeah, but preparing the fruit. Take it a little bit deeper, you guys. Look in the spirit realm. What does it mean to prepare the fruit? So as he began to talk to me about preparing the fruit, he's preparing you for what he's calling you to do. And so the preparation looks different for each fruit, just like the washing looks different for each fruit. He said even where they will go to the market would be different from how others go to the market. 
He said, again, I'm looking for each of you to use your discernment because this is like opening your eyes to look beyond what is in front of you and truly hear what he's saying to you and the preparation in your life that has been going forward. What has your preparation looked like? What has the Lord been doing in you to prepare you to complete the work that he has you to do? Are you still being washed? Is there a separation that he's bringing you through? What does it look like, you guys? What does it look like? Are you asking us to like answer that right now? Are you? Of course. Um, the Lord told me that he's been uh, watching me for some time. And he said, my road is, has been bumpy, full of many challenges. I'm still asking though, but that's me. That's immediately what he said to me first when I like just tapped in because I wasn't tapped in at first. Awesome. Mine would be removing the bitter seeds. You gotta sometimes you gotta take the grape, crack it open, and take the seeds out. You can't because if you don't, have you ever bitten into a seed of a grape? It's real bitter. So sometimes like maybe that's preparation for it too, taking off the stem, washing it, taking the seeds out. That's what I'm getting. He also just told me, because I asked why, I said, why is my road been bumpy? <laughs> and he said, my road has been bumpy because I'm going to pull those that have been on a bumpy road out. And he said, he said, I dig the trenches. And he also said, he's given me many visions of me doing this, digging the trenches for other people to pass through. That's so precious. Yes. We're waiting about the first miracle that Jesus performed. Because in order to basically see, you have to really understand the call of the disciples. Because all the disciples were called, but nobody did work immediately. And in a lot of times, we're thinking we're supposed to do the work immediately. Okay, Lord, when am I coming to my position? When am I going to do the works that you have called me to do? You know, so as he's bringing them there, he does the first miracle in front of them. But it was also a way of looking at what he was going to do in them. But when he performed the change by turning the water into wine, he, he being the creator, he was able to push through the process. 
And in some cases, we are ushered through the process faster than we expect. And then other times, it's a slower process for us. So as he began to show me this particular message, I was like, oh my God, we're in some cases still going through some purification. He's still removing things off of the fruit. Because when the wine is poured, you're, you're, you're being poured into in individuals. It's supposed to be something that lightens up their taste bud. And they truly say, oh my God, Lord, I've been waiting on you. So let's look at the scripture. Um, so I'm reading John 2. I think you got to back up a little bit because you want to see, has he begun to call the disciples? Um, I'll go to John 1. I think it's 30. Okay, so I'm in John 1, verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon's, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see even greater things than this. He then added, very truly I tell you, 
you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Go to John 2. Pastor? Didn't realize talking on mute. I want to call out some things that's really important that I don't know if you guys seen in the beginning. Because as I was looking at the call and each person being called, it started with the two. And then others continue to graft it in. Mm -hmm. But he talks to Peter and he changes the name of Peter, but he also began to speak to one person and he says, I saw you under the tree. You guys, what does that look like in the spirit realm? Do you guys not see it? Every time I prayed, every time I cried out, Every time I was in that place searching for him, he was right there with me. Mm -hmm. Unbeknownst to me, he was listening to my every word. You gotta see what happened before you even was called. Because if you can understand your own personal movement, you were moving in a way that you caught his attention and he immediately pulled you forth and said, come follow me. And so every time as I look at Thomas, I can see myself where I was sitting even as a young child asking questions and desiring understanding. And so in that place, it's like you could clearly see and know that God sees you. Mm -hmm. So when he called them, he wanted to build a faith foundation in them by causing them to see that he was who he was who he said he is. And, and in that place, Christ is literally looking for you to stop, to pay attention now to your call and how he called you. Who were you when you answered? What did you say even before you answered? What was your heart's cries? What was the concerns that you had? And now, as you look back, look at your response. Thank you, Jesus. Look at your response. Do you see your response? Do you see where you were? 
Do you see the things that you were contending with? I do. Mm -hmm. But I want you guys to look and let's go forward. So immediately after their call, they're invited to a wedding feast. Do you see that in the spirit realm? Because we were invited into that same wedding feast. Holy Spirit just said to me, you must allow me to transport you in the spirit. To see things not as you have been seeing them in the past, but to see them in the spirit realm. Is, which is the true way of looking at what I'm doing in you. And to get you guys to see further, you know, I was looking at scripture. And as I was looking at scripture, there was something that stood out to me. It said, even greater work shall you do. And then as I heard it by the spirit, I would always look at that even greater work should you do. And I stopped this time and said, Lord, why are you saying that? Because conditions now are different than what they were then. Mm -hmm. And so the works that you're called to do is much greater because the conditions are not as they were then. So I'm just making sure you guys follow me. Do you see what he's trying to bring you to? He said, come follow me, come follow me. That same come follow me is what we've been doing. But in that place where you're following, you still have to have expectancy in him to expect something great in him. Take it further. Precious, read a little bit more. So now I'm reading John 2. Yes. <clears throat> On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman. Stop why right you here. Mm -hmm. I looked this up and I searched this out just to get a better understanding. Why was it so important for them to do something about the lack of wine? You know, 
Why couldn't you get soda? Why couldn't you get something else as return? You do you see what I'm saying? And the Lord was showing me that this was a make it or break it in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You can literally basically say, hey, you ruined my daughter's character by mm -hmm. not having the resource necessary to care for my daughter. In essence, they could have been taken to court and sued for causing a disgrace for a family. So back then, the representation of wine was something that was considered to be uh, something that was great that had to be at a wedding because it represent the wealth within that family. Mm. And with that representing the wealth within the family, you're like, oh my God. And so it had to be the best. Mm -hmm. It had to be the right wine. And it had to be enough where the guests would have multiple times to enjoy it. So guys, what do you think? guys are quiet what do you think what is he saying what is he trying to get you to understand do you guys see what i'm trying to get you to go When you say transform us in the spirit, it's like literally trying to grow our spirit, man, right? To grow you and to understand why. Many of us are here because we believed when he called us, but mm -hmm. we were crying out for a savior way before he came. Yes, mm -hmm. I remember. And in that place we were crying out. He's just looking like, wait a minute, you asked for me. Mm -hmm. Don't you get it? Mm -hmm. You desired me, don't you get it? Mm -hmm. And all this time, he's been teaching you to believe him. Okay, so what this message is really about believing him. Okay. Okay, believing him. Hey, Pastor, you said that. Go ahead. Um, uh, I was going to say, as you said that, um, he continues to remind me of every single word I've read in the Bible. 
and causing those things to be true um, in regards to even the whole thing about him being the um, how Jesus related to a wedding as a, a bridesmaid, which is kind of related to how we're kind of talking about him and his first miracle at the wedding. Uh, and those little those little mysteries, as they call it, mysteries of, of finding out the truth of who Christ really is. And reminding us in the things that even that I don't even believe in, that he's working those beliefs in the same way he did the disciples. So that's for me. I don't know if that helps out. Um, the other side of it, I guess, it's not, it's, I guess it's the, the problem with what um, is with us as well, because the Lord showed me, um, because when you asked that question, Pastor, the, the Lord reminded me, I probably was calling on the Lord two years prior to me ever coming to the church. And he showed me snapshots of myself in my mom's house, crying out, asking where he was. I remember, and I remember those days sitting in my room saying, God, where are you? If you're real, show yourself. Cause I don't, I don't know if you're real, like I'm struggling. And what he said to me, he said, the problem with us, meaning his children is that he said, you called on me. And then when I showed myself, you still didn't believe. He said, many of you hear me and you still don't believe. Many of you see me and you still don't believe. He said, how can I get you to believe? Mm. He first said that to me. Take us back to the beginning. You have a perfect example. Taking you back when you first said yes. The first was crying out where he met you. Let's go back to where he says, Thomas, I seen you under the tree. So mm -hmm. what did he find you? Can you read that again, Precious? Yes. Um, so I'm back in John 1 verse. I'll just do 48. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Did you hear what they said? He said he was going to see? Heaven open. Mm -hmm. And the Son of uh, angels of God descending and ascending on, on the Son of Man. So God is literally, you know, because we've been walking this walk for a while. And, and I think many of us gotten to a place that we're looking for something. And he's literally saying, wait a minute, stop looking for something and let me take you back to why you believe. Do you guys get this? Mm -hmm. Because if you're looking for something, you, you're gonna find struggle and fulfillment, right? Mm -hmm. But if you just believe, then you don't have the struggle. But to get you to believe, you gotta go backwards mm. to recall where you start believing.
And if you ever stop, there was this old movie, because you know I know movies that I do watch that's crazy. But remember, this was Santa Claus. Remember the beautiful bearded head man that was Santa Claus? Remember him? His name was Chris Kringle. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Miracle yeah. on uh, 31st Street? Yep. Yeah. So all of you guys probably looked at that. Mm -hmm. But then if you really paid attention to the girl's mother, every single one of them that was a dope had a point in their life where they stopped believing, right? Mm -hmm. And the little girl didn't have an issue. She just took words from somebody else, which was her mother telling her that's not true, right? Right? She listened to her mother and her mother said, oh, you're just a nice old man. But everybody came to believe that he was Chris Kringle, right? Yes. And in the movie, it even came forth that every letter that went forth that basically showed he was Chris Kringle. And so it was verified that, that he was who he was and nobody could refute it. But when you went back to actually look where the woman stopped believing, and then you looked at the where the man who was her partner stopped believing, and the old man stopped believing, it was because something that negative occurred. And, and that's where God is literally saying, some of you lost faith in me because of something that negative occurred. And he's after you to restore your faith in him. And, and the reason why you've been in that place where you haven't been able to fully embrace him as Lord is because you've been looking more at what you desired and whatever it was that didn't come forward, it made you lose faith. And the Lord is literally saying, I don't want you focused on the things. I want you to focus on me. So he says, can I take you up higher? Can I bring you into another realm in the spirit to where you're no longer in that place yet you're looking for something, but you know who I am? Do you get it, you guys? Thomas said, what again? I got to get you guys to hear it because you're still not really hearing what Thomas said. What did Thomas say again, Precious? Thomas said, how do you know me? That was the first question he asked. Uh -huh. And then Jesus answered him, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So to go back, where did he see you? I know where he found me. Mm -hmm. 
I was in the fifth grade. I was on a porch. And he found me. And nothing could stop from me from believing he was real. He found me. And I've been searching for him thereafter, but he's literally saying to me, you found me the day I found you. And he's literally saying, stop searching. I'm here. Believe. The reason why he wanted me to take you guys to the disciples, because every single one of them had a reason that Thomas stood out. His reason stood out. How do you know me? But if you backtrack, precious, look at what the other one said. They uh, came following him. What? The two, first, the two that was there. Let me go back to the beginning of that. Um, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw. Hold on, hold on. They said, where are you staying? Is it not what we say to? Where is he? Where are you at, Lord? Where are you staying? How do I find you? When you have an encounter, are you not saying, where are you? Where are you staying? Where are you at? How do I find you? And he's literally saying, if each one of you can dial in, what is he saying to you? Charlie, what do you hear him saying to you? When I just asked him, um, you know, where he's at, because I'm always asking, where are you? Where are you? And he says, I'm here. I'm here with you. He literally I, said to me, I'm always here. Yeah. I never left you. <laughs> I never leave you. Yeah. He literally said to me, I am committed to each of you. And I need you to see this. And he says, for what I have for you to do, you must believe me. You must believe who I am. 
And he says, and I know things haven't come forth the way you desired, but I'm just asking you to believe me. Don't focus on the things that you desire, but believe me. Believe him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's go and see what the other person says. So we heard what the two said. Where are you? What do you say? Because they probably had some form of, sorry, they probably had an expectation that he would be in these great quarters, a great place to stay. Okay. Keep going. Um, verse 39. Come, he replied, and you will see. Listen to what he's saying to you. Come and you will see. Do you hear how he's telling us? Mm -hmm. Come and you will see. Come and see where he's at. And the only way you can come and see is that you got to focus in on him. Not on what you've been focusing on, but in on him. And when I say not what you've been focusing on, these issues are going to be here till you go. Yeah. Something's going to blow up in your life. Things are not going to work out as you desire. You have no control over the things that are around you. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that, you would follow him. I heard the Holy Spirit say, this world is not your home. Yes. Stop trying to make a happy home, peaceful place here. It's not going to be peaceful. Mm -hmm. I just heard the Lord say, um, as soon as I read, come and you will see, I just heard him say, leave all this stuff behind. Exactly. Exactly. Like as if you literally had a bunch of bags or whatever, and you just drop all this stuff and follow after him. And that's what he's literally saying. Let go of your lives and follow me. I hear you, Lord. I, I, I pray you guys hear. I never seen him start with a call of you again. He's calling you all over. And this time, he's literally saying, come and see. Mm -hmm. Come and see. But he's calling by the means of the spirit because we've been trying to see him in the natural. He's now saying, come and see. Yeah. Come and see things from the spirit realm. Come and see. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you got the other ones following. Okay, who else? Read it a little bit further, Precious. So they went and saw what he was saying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, <clears throat> was one of the. Wait a minute, you went too fast. 
they spent that day with him. So he's saying, mm-hmm. come spend time with him. With me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because to know who he is, is to spend some time, some quality time with him. And in spending time, what happened? Um, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother. Wait, 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 wait. Heard what John said. What did John say? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What else did John say? He is preferred before me, remember? Okay. Remember? Uh-huh. So he is the Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of the world. If somebody can get that so we can break that down, because I really need you guys to see that. Somebody got it? It's in that same chapter. Um, sure, it is. I'm just going to read it from the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and in the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Did you hear what he's saying? He came to that which is his own. But the world did not receive him. Mm-hmm. Okay? You gotta stop and look at that. How are you receiving him? What way are you receiving him? Is he the light? Does he overcome the darkness that resides in you?
does it cause change to go forward in you? Because the light's supposed to make you a better person. Let's go a little bit more. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, that's us. Believe in his name. So that's what he wanted to go back. You got to believe in his name. Not in the words, in his name. Even though it says believe in the works, if you don't believe in the works, but you guys have enough experience that you're mm -hmm. not just focused in on what can God do. You're recognizing who he is. Amen. Let's go a little bit further. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and he cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. What did we see? Grace in place of grace that was already given. <coughs> Keep going. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Okay, keep mm -hmm. going. No one has ever seen God, but the only, but the one and only Son, who himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Did you get that? Our job is just to make a, a, a way for him to begin to move through us. And the way we make a way is we have to be radical people that's willing to push through everything in our lives so that he can have a path to run through. And to make a way, you have to be willing to get out of your own way. 
when he called the disciples, he knew each one of them and understood exactly what he called. He did not call anyone that had perfection because he knew that he couldn't use. But he called individuals that he knew that he could truly bring into a true relationship with him. But still in some places of our lives, we're still looking for Jesus to do something for us. And he just wants us to get out of that place where we're looking for him to do something and just for us to believe in him. And he was literally saying to me, if you believe, you won't see the struggles as you see them today. And the way he showed me the struggles, I have a great nephew that's fighting for his life. But good news is he's two pounds now, but he has collapsed lungs and as I began he had a, a heart issue that they had surgery and they fixed that but now he has a collapsed lung and he has fluid in his lung and I, I, I walk through fluid in my lungs and in that place I was like Lord you know because the distress of my heart was there and his response to me was, believe me. He says, stop listening and list looking at what others are saying, but believe me. Mm -hmm. He says, how do I get you back? to the place where you first fell in love with me. How do I create that excitement in you again? And then he said, will you believe? Will you believe? Go ahead with John the Baptist real quick. Um, <clears throat> verse 24. Now the Pharisees who have been sent question him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Can, this, can, let me mm -hmm. make sure you guys get this, because I never understood why he baptized with water. He was preparing people to overcome. He was preparing them to say, hey, let this stuff go. Let mm -hmm. this stuff go. 
because the maker is going to require that this stuff not exist. So he was talking to them, trying to get them to let it go. And not to focus on these things, but to focus their attention on the maker. And so our attention is supposed to be totally focused on the one we found. Just on the one we found. Because we can refocus on the one we found. Mm -hmm. Not your struggles. Because John said, let it go. And the reason why he said, let it go, he said, because the one who is coming is greater than me. Mm. And he even said he was in the beginning. He said, you must see, you must see, you must hear the words. You must let them rest upon your heart. In his word, and I cannot say in his word, him being the word, he literally said to us, if anyone leave mother, father, sister, and brother, he said for his sake, do you hear me? That they would inherit even greater. Mm -hmm. So the whole point here, he's been trying to get us to understand we got to let go. Mm -hmm. And we keep holding on. The more he says let go, we find a need to grab a hold tighter. He said, let go and just focus in belief. What else about, you can keep reading. I think you'll run me into where I'm trying to get you guys to go. Mm -hmm. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then the Lord literally says, the Holy Spirit has pointed me out to you. The Holy Spirit is constantly pointing him out to us. He hasn't stopped pointing him out. Mm -hmm. He's saying, this is right. He is the Lamb of God. Holy Spirit is constantly bearing witness of him. Making sure that you see that. For them, they got to see Jesus. For us, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is constantly saying, he is the maker. Okay, let's go a little bit further. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Oh, my God. What did he say? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So 
we shouldn't be struggling with this because he came to take it away. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're struggling because we're still looking. And we should be looking at him. Or we go pick it back up. Exactly. Because we're looking at, oh, did I get rid of that? Did I get rid of that? And, and we're looking to find where we're falling short. When we should just be looking at him. He's telling us what he's going to remove. But as he points these things out and tells us to do the work, in the position of doing the work, we're still looking at him. And the work is really recognizing that you have no control over it. And releasing it to him. And if you really look at that, I'll never forget one time recently, I was looking at something. He says, I know that hurt you. And I said, oh, my God, I didn't even know you knew that. He said, I know that hurt you. And I know you know it bothered you. But I didn't think he he seen what, what I was struggling with. But in that, he just spoke to it, do you understand? And brought comfort in it. That's how he takes things away. Because then he turns it into gold. And I'll say gold in my life. Because he has me to use it to save others. Mm-hmm. Let's go a little bit further. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Did you hear that? I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. To say, why I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to you. Mm-hmm. That he may reveal himself to you. I came baptizing with the Holy Spirit that he may be revealed to you. It is he that our attention and focus should be on. Keep going. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. The man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And so you have to understand if you're John, he's baptizing all these people and he's looking as he's baptizing the people. Is that him? Is that him? Is that him? Mm -hmm. And then without knowing, he's automatically puts him in the water and everything just blows up and he hears heaven speaking. This is my son.
keep going. Um, okay, I'll come back to that. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. But I want to make sure that you guys see, he didn't do a miracle for them. He just talked to them like he talked to us. Mm -hmm. They sat before him and he spoke to them. And God continues to extend that invitation to us. Wow. What an invitation we have. Mm. Keep going. Um, uh -oh. Let's see. So they went and saw where he was staying. Oh, no, sorry. I read that already. Um, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated to Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, 
you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Keep going. Okay. That's the end of John 1. John 2. Um, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman. They just I stopped you right there. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, finish, finish that, and then I'll stop. Okay. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. I always would look at this particular passage and I would always say, you know, that the reason why she instructed him on what to do, because she, they lived in a household and she being the mother, she would always tell him what to do. And the Lord corrected me and said, her example is what all does to me. All of us do this to him. Lord, heal my daughter, heal my sister, heal this. Lord, take care of this. Lord, at work, do this, do this. He said, for this is how some of you only know me. He said, but you haven't chosen to truly come to know me. And he literally said, I have been your fixer. And he said, and I just want to be more than just someone that fixes things in your lives. Jesus, I want to be your friend. I want to be someone you trust. He says, I want to be someone that you depend on. He said, but I cannot be just a fixer. He said, will you see, will you see? He says, I desire more than just the place that you have allowed me into. She says, I want more. Isn't that what you say to me? He said, just as you desire more, I desire more too. And he says that no one just wants to be a fixer. 
And he says, and you don't even like when you're just caused to fix things in other people's life either. He says, so can we partner differently? And he says, and so can I truly show you why I've come? And why I've chosen you? He said, hear me. He said, for you are my delight. He says, and all I want is to spend some intimate time with you. He says, I have much to show you. He repeats himself, much to show you. And he says, will you just see me as I see you? He sees us in royalty. He sees us as daughters and sons and the sonship relationship we have with him. And all he's saying, see me as Lord. See me as your God. Not your fixer. So Mary's at this wedding and immediately she calls him, fix it. And so that lets you know that she's been in that position in the past to say, take care of this. But I love Jesus' response. His time had not yet come, meaning that he had yet to get the instructions from the Father to move as such. And we cannot be mad when God does not have the instruction from the Father to move as such in our lives. He don't want to do a miracle that never will go forward. He wants you participating in the miracle and to be a part of it so that you can share it out. But if he just fixes things, he'll, they'll never see him as Lord because you're not displaying him as Lord. Mm -hmm. He told me to stop there. Do you guys hear what he's saying? Yes. Yes. And just he just said, where you're at, cry out. How have I been operating on, on you, Lord? Does this bear witness with you? And if so, Lord, how do I change this?
He come to set the captive free, but the captive has to want to be freed. Mm -hmm. You get it? We have to want to be freed. Yes. He showed me like every single one that he called was anticipation to really understand who he was. And he spent so much time with them to teach them who not only they were, but who he was. And he came that all may find freedom from their sin. He didn't come as to fix it. I'm just going to pray in the spirit because I feel like I'm led to to let go. Holy Spirit then shows me Mary. She said, do whatever he tells you to do. But the Lord showed me how we saying, do whatever we tell you to do. We use them same words on him. Do whatever we tell you to do. And so even as I cry out, Lord, I repent. For the way I've been managing our relationship.
I even see in the spirit realm, do I share this, Lord? How we run to other people to get the things of God that we can run to him for. He said, do not you see, as I looked at it, it's like when they don't get their answer, they run to somebody else to see if they can get the answer because he didn't answer them. So it's the same way. You just saying that, Pastor, says a whole lot <laughs> because running in that instance, you're running to get an answer that you want versus getting the answer that you really need. Exactly. I hear your word, Lord. Mm-hmm. He's just course correcting to get us to big fall back in love with him, to put him back in his rightful place. That's all he's doing. And then to understand when this woman asked for him to help to turn the water into wine, you have to understand that when you're making the wine, that's the wine in us. We have to be willing to be crushed. We have to really begin to be pressed. And we cannot be complaining about the things that are around us. We know that these things happen when people choose not to serve him. Mm -hmm. The enemy runs rapid and we know that. And we have to be okay with it running rapid because that could be leading them to a place where they're at the end of themselves to find Christ. We got mm -hmm. to the end of ourselves, but mm -hmm. we're not letting others get to the end of their selves. We're supposed to have peace in the midst of the storm, but we're trying to solve the storm. Mm. And sometimes those around us are creating the storms. And then we're trying to seek God on the behalf of the storms that they're creating to save them. And they don't want to be saved. They want their way. Mm -hmm. And so then we pray to God and we're in that place saying, fix it, fix it, fix it. Instead of really realizing who he is. He didn't come to fix our problems. He said by his word that mother will be against father and daughter and all that. He literally told you that there would be chaos. But we still saying, fix it, Lord, fix it. 
We have to learn how to thrive and live in the midst of the chaos. And not be moved at the storm around us. This is just a heavy word, but it's good. Mm-hmm. That's why he said, I want you to start with the wine first and talk about it. Because we're in the place where he's crushing. He's crushing the grapes. And when you're crushed, Mm. do you hear me? Do you still want to be a part of the maker? Hey. And you know, in the cartoon, they'd be like, let's get out of here. Okay. I hurt. Exactly. They'd be trying to find another way to go somewhere else. But we have to go through this purification process. Mm-hmm. And so that means everything around you going to be blowing up and you got to be okay with it. And when those around you are in their storms, you got to be okay. That don't mean you align with their storms. You have to be okay to say, oh, it's just one of them storms. You're going to get through it. Or better yet, say, are you ready to serve Jesus? <laughs> are you ready to let go of your way of doing things? I said, how do I close this out? Because I'm done. I don't have anything else to say. He said, they must see themselves. So I point you to see yourself because I see me. Because when I seen it, I said, oh my God, I'm always saying, Lord, fix that. Lord, fix that. Uh, that Every time you guys bring me stuff, I say, Lord, fix that. How do we fix this? You know, I'm always saying, fix it. Okay, Lord, let me get the right prayer in here so I can get the right answer to get them, get it back to them. And I just become a fixer. I forgot he's Lord. This is the most quietest message you guys been. <laughs> Where you guys at? I mean, based on like everything the Lord is sharing and just this final part talking about the different storms all around, talking about 
where we're supposed to let these things go and not pick them up. <sighs> Talking about the crushing and the pressing and all of that. Like the Lord is just showing me all of that at once. But mm -hmm. as he's showing me all of that, he keeps saying, but the best of the best is being prepared as far as the wine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> because it's such an oxymoron. It's like, okay, Lord, so I'm being crushed, pressed, squeezed. You know, there's storms, all this other stuff going on. But yet the best of the best is being prepared. And I have to tell myself that. We have to tell ourselves that. Mm -hmm. The best of the best, meaning the wine, is being prepared. As well, a reminder. I go over these again. It says cleansing, mm -hmm. okay, preparing the fruit, okay, and that's uh, the removal of the stems. And sometimes, you know, some of them stems, when you buy them at the grocery store, do you know you got to pull it off? Yeah. It yep. ain't easy to pull off sometimes. And we missed the determining the sugar content, mm. and that was the sweetness of God moving forward. And then he's sterilizing the fruit. And then he's adding the nutrients. And then he's activating the wine yeast. Extracting the color for redness. And then he's straining the pulp. Now that's going to be hard, you guys. But there's also that process in winemaking where wine has to sit, especially for it to get at its most peak flavor. It has to sit. And sometimes we don't want to wait. We're impatient. That's, that's number six, activating the wine yeast. That means it's sitting for a while. I think I've been sitting in them steps th uh, uh, three, uh, <laughs> trying to get the sugar content. Hey, come on, pour it out on me, Lord. What you, whatever, you know. I'm always looking for the sugar content. Mm. This is the word of the Lord. It's Anybody good. have anything else? Amanda, you're quiet. <laughs> um I was given an image this morning that I think lines up with this. Um, that I was I was asking him the question about going through the valley of the shadow of death and what that looks like, and he showed me that for me the valley of the shadow of death is traffic. <laughs> that 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 is the same feeling, um, and that. Uh, the, basically trusting in 
there's always a journey to a destination. And like you're saying, instead of trying to just fix things and get out of the traffic, um, he told me to trust he has a destination, even if I've never been there before, and to no longer be the kid who's in the car begging to know if we're there yet, because I'm just torturing him and torturing myself, and not trusting that there's a reason why there's a journey. Like, I don't know if kids think parents just put them in a car for no reason and we can control when we get there, but there's there's a point in in going through the traffic and and through the journey. But um, he says, you don't need to worry, you'll get there and you won't be late. So that's what he showed me. Praise God. Um, I was going to ask you, I heard one thing and I don't know if this was right, but that the longer it takes, the better, the greater the reward. Uh, totally true. I was like, really? Yeah, uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Dolly, and the problem, the reason why, the reason why you got that is because we're trying to rush the process. Mm. Because it's the disciplined one is what he's looking for. And that means he can trust him by his word with everything. So, yes, you are totally right in that. Yeah. And just to believe we're on the right track, because I was even driving to my dad's this week, and I, I was trying to reroute five different times to get to the fastest destination, and it was like saving me one minute versus two minutes. <laughs> and it was not necessary, and it was actually probably not the safest thing to do. And I said, well, how do I know the difference between your leading this journey and it's going to take time versus me slowing things up? And he, he was talking about how these, you know, whether you're one minute late or two minutes late, like, it's really not going to make a difference. And he's going to get there and I'm going to get there with him as long as I'm trusting him and I won't be late. It's only when the people pull over, take pit stops, turn around and go the other way. That's how we, we hold up what he's doing. But even then they can still get to their destination. Praise be to God. Well, I got to hear the last part of it, and the last part of the Bible said he was good. And thank you, everybody, for your prayers. I'm good. This is Josie. I'm glad you're okay, Josie. When I seen you pop on, I was like, oh, she's there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just pray that I could just stop listening to what you're talking about that, you know, just thinking that he could fix everything and just ask for his will and not my will. And that's the key. 
It's his will. Does this align with the Father? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Paul, can you close us out? Yes. You know, I want to share this um, before I do that, Pastor. Um, um, as it relates to when he first saw me, my fig tree, I was at the beach in Long Beach, and I was probably eight years old. No, I was younger. But I could have drowned, and he saw me, and and I survived that day, and and there were other occasions, I, whether um, uh, before I even recognized his grace, his mercy and his love um i was almost electrocuted uh where i could have perished on that occasion on that day and i was probably seven but um throughout the teaching of tonight what resonated in me is that um, what he said to me, you don't have to be perfect, Paul, just stay consistent and I will guide your steps. And, uh, and, and I, and I, I just reflected on my life of the flesh and my journey and and where I'm at today. Uh, I'm not broken. I'm not perfect. But I love the Lord with my whole heart. I thank you, Pastor, for the teaching tonight. And Sister Josie, I just love you. You you just my heart, you know, earlier, but I thank God for uh, him to keep you and uh, stay the course. I just wanted to share that. So Father God, thank you for the message of, of teaching tonight that we we all reflect in our own way as it applies to our relationship with you, Father God, that we don't have to be perfect, but just stay the course of understanding what it is that you want of us and being obedient to that. 
I know we all fail at times, but you are a merciful God and you are God of forgiveness. I thank everyone for being on the call tonight because I draw from each and every one of you uh, just in, in unison. And uh, Heavenly Father, just continue to keep us all in nourishment, purges. Let us all continue to rest in you that we can share the joy, the love, and continue to grow. And we forever give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good night, God bless you guys. Have a good weekend. Good night, if God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.